Fashion can be art, wearable art. Growing up, fashion was definitely more about function for me. But as I've gotten older and have fallen more and more in love with fashion, the more I love it as an art form, as a form of self-expression. You can tell a lot about a person by the way they dress or the way they've styled something. But just because fashion is an art form or a form of self-expression, it doesn't mean that we should allow it to harm others or harm the planet. My guest today is doing her part to merge her passions of fashion as art and fashion as a force for good. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Layla Orr, founder of the eco-luxury clothing brand Farah, and contestant on the most recent season, season 17 of Project Runway. Layla was a dream guest. I loved hearing her story. I loved hearing all kind of the behind the scenes bits about Project Runway and just her life as a fashion designer, including designing something for the one and only Beyonce. So you're going to love this conversation. I know you will. So on to my chat with Layla. Layla, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me, Molly. I'm so excited to be here. Now, I have had all kinds of guests on this show, everybody from authors and obviously brand owners, which you are a brand owner of Farah. Um, but I think you might be my first reality TV show uh, or someone who has been on a reality TV show. So that's kind of exciting. <laughs> oh, very exciting. Happy to be here. Yes. And share all my reality TV wisdom. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and watch like after I finish this, I'm going to be like, oh, wait, that person was on it. But I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I am just so, so, so pumped to hear your story. Um, and somebody who is, you know, in the fashion design world, you are a fashion designer, you're an incredibly talented designer. Um, but I really want to hear, you know, before we talk about your life as a fashion designer um, for Farah and uh, your brand and your experience on Project Runway, which you were on uh, this past spring, which was so exciting. Um, I would just love to hear the Leela 101. So tell us who you are and kind of your inspiration to how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, I am a Southern girl that's from Dallas, Texas, and also grew up in Mineral, Louisiana. Um, I am a parian. I conscious. My brand is zero waste, which we'll get into all that later, exactly what that means. Um, but yeah, so I just, I grew up loving fashion. I had a very fashionable grandmother. She was just like old school, classic glamour and beauty. And I was so inspired by her and her wardrobe and her like crazy stack of international Vogue magazines that she would share with me. And so growing up, even before I could read, I think I was like three or four years old and I was paging through Vogue just for the pictures alone. And I think it was like around that age, maybe like four or five, when I discovered that like, okay, fashion is not what you see in the malls. I mean, it can be, but like fashion also can be wearable art. It can be a true art form and a form of the most like 
out of this world self-expression. Um, it can be a vehicle to express yourself. Um, you know, now I feel like fashion can be something where you, you know, it's your worst day, but you just want to feel like your best and you put on your go-to blouse that just makes you feel really awesome. Like it has a transformative impact on the way that we feel. And I think that's the coolest thing about fashion. So that's kind of what made me want to become a designer. I could not agree more because that is a question that people ask me a lot um, is, you know, why or how do you get, because I have two young kids, um, you know, they're in school. I've got a daughter in kindergarten. I've got a son in preschool. I, you know, work for myself and I get asked a lot by people like, why, you know, why are you dressed up or where are you going today that you're so dressed up? And I just, (laughs) I'm just like, honestly, for me, I realize that maybe this isn't for everybody, but for me, like, putting myself together, putting on an outfit that makes me feel good and feel confident and putting on makeup and brushing my hair like that for me it is a way that I'm able to express myself. And there might be days where like I feel terrible, but you know, I've had no sleep. You know, my kids are driving me crazy, but like my shirt looks good and I'm wearing cute shoes. So things can't be all that bad. And like, I, again, I realize that that's not for everybody, but you know, that is something that that it has always been a form of self-expression for me. And so I have I, too, like I remember making those. Did you uh, are are you a millennial or Gen X or what are you? I am a millennial. A millennial. I so, am, yes. So now yes. are you it's up my the 30th birthday in a couple days? Oh, so <laughs> OK. So you're like an old you're an older millennial. Uh, but in. Yes. It, did you ever as a kid? I don't know about you, but I was the kid who would take um, fashion magazines and I would cut out the pictures of the clothes I loved and I would make like collages on my composition books. Oh my gosh! Uh-huh. That I was that girl. Yes, I would do it on like my like notebooks. I would make them different for the school year. Yes. I wanted to have like a fashion one and an art one and one with like cool lightning bolts and yeah, I totally did that. I was that kid. I got into Parsons on a collage. I love. I still I, it carried into adulthood. I love making collages. Um, that's amazing. And you are <laughs> my new favorite person. Um, yes, I totally did that too. And because it just was so fun to look through those fashion magazines, and I loved like looking through like you said with your grandmother's you know international vogues and I can't even imagine the collection that she had um I bet it was just amazing yes it's just so fun and um so I I I love that that was really like your grandmother was really your muse in a lot of ways she was I well a lot of muses for me growing up like my mom too I just thought it was so cool how you know on a very different kind of fashion note um she was raised and passed this on to me that you wear things until like the threads are like bare like you you make it last and if something's wearing down you can cut it like if you have jeans and they have too many holes in them you can patch them with other things and then if they're just you know just too old you can cut them off and make them shorts or you can cut it up and take that denim and make it into something else you know so I was taught from her which I also thought was super inspiring and now translates to my business today is um, that you wear things and you make them last and you take good care of your clothes it doesn't matter what they cost you need to treat them really well so that they can hold up and they can last and then whenever they're not lasting you can repurpose them 
So to me, that was super inspiring. I guess I heard you on an earlier episode call yourself like crunchy light. Yeah. And I, I guess I would say I'm like yeah. around, maybe I'm a little more than crunchy light, but I definitely got that from my mom. Yes. Yes. I am definitely crunchy light. Um, <laughs> but I, I agree. That is such a lost, um, I'd almost say, I, I don't know. I want to say art form, but maybe that's not the right word, but it's such like a lost um, sense of, uh, you know, ownership over our clothes. Like so often I see people who will just get rid of something if it has a little rip or if it's missing a button or, you know, people forget like they are wearing, you know, their favorite pair of shoes or something. And then the, the sole wears out. And I'm like, you know, there are people called cobblers that can fix it. Like they, they can put on a new yeah. sole. Like you can, they can fix your shoes. Like you can take that to a tailor and they can repair it. And I have a pair of jeans that I have no lie. I have patched the, had the, the crotch area. You know what I'm talking about? Like of your jeans, oh, like yeah. it's worn out so fast. I have had that patched probably five or six times because they're my favorite oh, jeans yeah. and I'm going to keep patching them until they are just completely no longer patchable. Um, but you know, it's just <laughs> yes. re- repair it. Learn if you, if you don't know how to sew a button, watch a YouTube tutorial. That is what the beauty of 2019, you can learn how yes. online. It's just, yeah, there's just really no excuse anymore to just throw something out after one wear or, or when it gets a rip. It's just, you, you really no. can repair anything. I know it's so true. I mean, yeah, you can learn really anything from the internet. It's available. Yes. There's a wealth of it's information free. out there for you. <laughs> um, I'm happy to share what I know, but yes, it's like, you know, it's out there. So I think patching things and then if it's just beyond repair, like you can always repurpose it into something else. I mean, not, I get it. Not everyone sews, but there's also a lot of people out there that will. Yeah. Um, and one thing that we do at Farah is when we are making a collection, we have spare materials. And when we do pattern to be zero waste and as zero waste as possible, but whenever we have remnant fabric that doesn't go back into the collection, we actually donate that to a quilting guild. So, you know, you can always just take those like bare thread, you know, those little patches of denim that you're like, you know, this is not something that I can work with anymore. You can always take that, donate, donate it to a quilting guild. They would happily accept it. So, um, I, there's so many options out there and there's ways that we can extend the life of our garments and, you know, give them a second life or give them an entirely new purpose. Absolutely. Now that leads me to, um, a, a really important question something that obviously is a main part of your platform. And that's really this mission of being a zero waste brand and a zero waste designer. Um, and so can you, for people that maybe are not fully familiar with this term, I'm sure that there are people listening that know the zero waste movement, but if you are not familiar, um, could you kind of just share what that is, what that means, and how you as a brand really aim to be zero waste? Yeah. So, well, zero waste kind of started for me when I was still at Parsons. Um, it was back in like 2013. Um, and I learned about the Rana Plaza disaster in Bangladesh. Um, it's this terrible tragedy that not many people know about stateside. Um, a factory was not adhering to their codes of 
business. Um, like they did not update the building. They didn't treat their workers well. There was not proper ventilation in the building. Um, and because of the neglect, the building collapsed and killed over a thousand people. So it was a terrible tragedy and something that really struck a chord with me. And I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, as a fashion industry, we're such a creative, forward-thinking industry. Why Why are things like this happening? Like, yeah. Why are we neglecting the people that make our clothes? And how can we be better? Surely all of these creative minds can come up with something like, you know, we need to be better. So when I started my own brand, it actually was um, kind of an expansion on my thesis that I created when I was at Parsons. I was like, I, of course, I want to be luxury. I, I love high-end design. It's what I'm really passionate about doing. I love creating beautiful gowns and things like that, that are like really elegant and beautiful, but I want to be sustainable as sustainable as possible. So I didn't toss anything out when I made my collection. I repurposed everything, everything that was a scrap. I put it back into the collection in some way, either making a new textile or just doing zero waste patterning. So zero waste fashion refers to items of clothing that generate little or no textile waste. Um, and that can be in the sample process and the production process. And it's part of the broader, I guess, like the sustainable fashion movement. Um, but a lot of people are saying they're green, they're sustainable. I think that what more brands need to do is define what that means to them. And for us, um, we do a lot of things, but zero waste fashion is something that I think is very unique to us. Not many people out there do it. It is a longer process because you kind of pattern like a puzzle. You cut things um, and it takes longer, but it's really worth it in the end because you come up with these really cool, unique concepts that are entirely zero waste. You're not generating any anything that's thrown out and it looks amazing. It's like usually really luxury. And I think putting yourself in the box of how can I make a beautiful high-end garment ha generate no waste? It's an interesting creative box to put yourself in. And we come up with some really cool concepts. That is incredible. And that led you to being on, like you said, like we talked about earlier, led, led to you to being on Project Runway. Um, how did you get on the show and you know, what really differentiated you from among the other contestants? Because obviously, um, you know, the sustainability and zero waste aspect is just such a huge piece for you. Yes. Um, so Project Runway, I was a very big fan, um, like you growing up of like watching Project Runway and Christian Siriano just make amazing things within this crazy small amount of time. Um, I was so impressed by that. And that was one of my earlier inspirations. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I can make it as a designer. It's something I love, but can you really make this into a career? And I saw the, the success of people like Christian Siriano, who started on Project Runway. And I was thinking, you know, that's something I could pursue. So um, when I found out that they were moving to Bravo and they were looking to cast for the new season, um, I just submitted my, my, my email and my info. Um, it actually, my friend kind of spurred me on. I never really thought that I would be great for a reality TV show. Cause I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a TV star. Like I'm kind of an introvert. Like <laughs> I'm very camera shy. Like why would they want to put me on Roger Grunway? And she was like, well, you're not a casting producer. So why don't you let them decide? And then, you know, if you're a good fit, you're a good fit. And so it was like one in a million. I know no one in the TV industry. I don't, so I was like, well, whatever, you know, I probably won't ever hear back. And I continued to hear back from them, um, all summer long and made it onto the show. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, 
my experience was great. I was uh, the like the zero waste luxury. They called me the eco luxury designer on the show. Um, but actually, a lot of the designers were more sustainably minded, which is super cool. That is amazing because that's definitely yeah. kind of a uh, a huge shift, I would say, from earlier seasons and kind of and and it's just. You know, I think we kind of alluded to this at the beginning, but um, it's it's sadly something that isn't as common in the fashion industry as it should be or could be. And so it really does differentiate you kind of from among the crowd. I mean, although we are obviously seeing huge, huge strides in the fashion industry as a whole. Um, but it's amazing when when some of those uh, kind of annual reports and report cards come out about, um, you know, the bit the world's biggest fashion brands. It's always baffling to me when I see that some of the world's largest brands are some of the worst when it comes to ethics and their impact on the negative impacts on the environment. And so it, it you know, I think it is really great that we're seeing so many brands that are saying, hey, if we're the fashion industry that's trying to be innovative, not only in our styles, but we need to be innovative when it comes to our impact on people and the planet. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many brands that are doing things that are so so harmful to our planet, like a lot of luxury brands to maintain their exclusivity, burn their stock, Yes, um, which yes. has caused, I mean, that's actually a recent thing that's been in the news headlines. Um, it's caused an outrage. Um, I think it was Burberry that did this recently. Um, it was, there was major backlash, obviously, from something like that. Um, and I think a lot of brands are just kind of out, like, especially like emerging brands were like, we need to be better how can we do things to help our planet? Because fashion is the second biggest polluter in the world. Um, how can we be better? Um, and there's a lot of like really baffling statistics that show that fashion is contributing to all these terrible environmental factors. Like 30% of the world's oceans that are polluted with plastic, 30% of that is microplastics. And microplastics come from washing synthetic fibers uh, through the wash and that gets into our water supply. And those synthetic fibers, you know, obviously are filled with toxic things. And part of that is the microplastics that get into our water supply. So for us at Faro, we only work with natural textiles. Uh, we work with natural dyes when we dye a product. Uh, we cut zero waste. Um, and a lot of brands out there are doing initiatives like um, being more sustainable and ethical in their in their um, manufacturing chain. Um, I know H&M, for one, which is a major fashion brand, is doing an initiative where if you bring your clothes in, it, can, it doesn't have to be H&M clothes. Any clothes out there, if you bring them in, um, you get a discount off of your purchase. I think it's something upwards of like 10 or 20%. Um, so you get a discount on your purchase when you donate your clothes to H&M. And then their whole initiative is we'll take these textiles and we will repurpose them. So that's incredible. Um, but yeah, every, every human generates something like 60 pounds of like textile waste a year. Mm-hmm. Every family generates 60 pounds of textile waste a year. So it's just like, how can we make our clothes last longer? How can we be better as fashion brands um, and just educate customers? Because customers do care. I'm finding more and more, especially with like the millennial demographic. Um, we have a lot of like Gen X customers. Um, people want to know the story behind their clothes um, and what makes our clothing special. And also, if you're going to be paying good money for clothes, like you want to know like 
how, well, how is this made? Is it built to last? And that's our whole thing is when you buy something from us, we don't want you to rebuy it a year down the road. We're making it so that it lasts a long time. It's priced this way because it was ethically made out of the best materials. We work with a lot of silks. We work with a lot of cashmeres, organic cottons. Um, and we, we, we build them to last. We do luxury finishes and we want we want them to be like your new best friends, like your go-to pieces in your closet. All right, I'm taking a quick break from my chat with Layla to talk about the incredible fall collection from Seiko Designs. You will be inspired by the richness of the season's colors like pebbled amore, oiled olive, and the gorgeous mahogany leather. Let the fall collection not only be a celebration of travel, but also a celebration of the journey within. My favorite pieces are the multi-way shawl in Leo, the How It's Made Matters tee, and the multi-way tunic sweater in black that can be worn five different ways. You know that versatility is my love language. So to shop this incredible fall collection that is fair trade, ethically made, stylish, and so much more, go to SeikoDesigns.com slash Molly Stillman. That's S-S-E-K-O designs.com slash Molly Stillman. Now back to my chat with Layla. There are actually even some brands that are moving towards what they call... um, I believe it's called like full circle or like closed loop, closed loop. That's it. Um, And you're seeing some like, uh, like, I don't know if you've heard of um, Girlfriend Collective, which is a ethical and sustainable active wear line. Um, They are now working on being closed loop. So not only are all of their materials made out of recycled um, and plastic water bottles, which is just an amazing um, and uh, fish nets from the ocean, like ocean catching, you know, like the big fishermen catch lots and lots and lots of fish in whatever they call it. So when you hear fishnets, you think like those like stockings, um, no, <laughs> yeah. like the ones that actually like catch fish. Um, Got it. So yeah, they make their active wear out of the recycled bits of these materials. And now they have introduced a, an initiative where you can like when you're either done with the leggings or or the sports bra or whatever it is and um, you want a new pair or whatever you can send it into them and then they recycle that to make a new pair and so it's just really amazing to see brands that are you know going that extra step to not and then you give you get a credit towards you know a new pair um, and uh, there's another company too that of course as I'm talking, I'm completely blanking on what the name of it is, but they're, um, they're working on being closed loop as well. And for the listeners, I will do everything I can to remember and then put it in the show notes. Um, cause of course I'm sitting here and can't think of it, but, um, but you're anyway, it's all to the point of is that, you know, as we see fashion brands create things that are m- made to last, but then also, okay, when we, you do finally, you know, maybe it isn't your style anymore, or maybe it doesn't fit, or it just, for whatever reason, you're ready to get rid of it, you can then send it back into them, and then they're taking that material and recycling it. And that's just, you know, it's just so incredible. Um, and so I love that with your designs, you're really thinking forward and you're thinking about okay how can this really be made to last how can this be something that even down the line can be repurposed in some way um and now you use the term eco luxury and of course we hear eco friendly you know eco conscious uh what does the term eco luxury mean 
Yeah, it's something that I coined um, with my mentor like maybe two or three years ago when I was first starting my business. I found that there was a lot of brands that were luxury. There was a lot of brands that were eco-friendly, but there wasn't a combination of the two. There wasn't that many that were doing it. Um, and if they were, I didn't really know too much about how and like why they were. So I kind of wanted to make that my main goal. I mean, the thing is, is I'm an emerging designer. I was a smaller fish and I was like, well, you know, I need to put this out there exactly who I am, be as transparent as possible. So I came up with, you know, calling myself eco luxury. I'm environmentally friendly, but things are designed out of luxury textiles make gowns. I make special occasion wear. So I kind of call it like, it's like occasion wear pieces that are more statement making pieces that you can add to your, your basic pieces in your wardrobe. Uh, with that being said, I am technically my, my design is under, um, falls under minimalism. So I am a minimalist. So you can pair things in different ways. I love the idea of a silk slip dress, um, like a really beautiful, like wrap silk jacket or like a cashmere jacket or um, things like that that are just um, really easy, effortless, throw them on and you feel glamorous. So I just, I, lo I love the luxury space and I wanted to make it environmentally friendly. Um, and that's kind of what we do. Um, so eco-luxury was what was my tagline under Project Runway. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I'm just going to stick to that because that's accurately describes exactly what I do. I love it. And I love the creativity of like, just really thinking about exactly, you know, like you said, you're like, I'm an emerging designer. I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to coin it yeah. and it's going to be my thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you, I mean, not only did you launch your brand Farah in 2016, you had a lot of experience before that. And you even have had some experience designing for some celebrities, uh, including uh, Beyonce, like no big deal. <laughs> I so uh, I... I, I mean, when I was doing research um, on you, a.k.a. internet stalking, um, and learned that you designed for Beyonce, I was like, well, I'm going to have to ask about that. Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. I'd love to talk about it. Please it was really do. Fun. Share all about oh how, you, how you designed for Queen Bay. <laughs> <laughs> She's incredible. She's a fellow Virgo. Hey, shout out. Um, and she, so her team is really cool. They're super into like seeking out emerging designers and working with up and coming designers. So I, before Farah, um, while I was living in New York, attending uh, Parsons, um, a, a big part of being at Parsons is, you know, using that Parsons network to find amazing internships. So my first internship was at the row, which, um, so if you don't know the row, it's Mary Kate and Ashley Olson's luxury brand. And that's where I developed my love of textiles and became a textile. They work with like only the best sourced from Italy, the most beautiful silks and like, oh my gosh, like I could talk about that all day, but we're here to talk about Beyonce. So um, I, Harvison was my next internship and I was, um, a designer and I actually stayed on working with him for a, a while where I became a design apprentice, um, after, uh, being an intern and one of our clients, uh, came on at a really good time because he was expanding and he was networking and people were finding out about him. He went to go to the white house. He met Michelle Obama. And so from all of that, 
um, he met Beyonce's team. So Beyonce was looking for a couple custom garments to wear to uh, the pack. It was like a fight. I'm not a, a big boxing. Person, oh yeah, it was like so. it was. I mean, I'm not a boxing person a either. Either, but it was like the is Manny Pacquiao and um, the other guy who won. But it was back in 2015. It was yes. like an epic, epic televised Huge. fight. And she was looking for something to wear to that, or also just to a couple other things. And like some of them were small, like dinners where we didn't even know she'd be photographed. So, but he was so excited nonetheless. And so, um, me being the textile nerd, I was sourcing fabric that I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be on Beyonce's body. And so I was so excited. Um, and I found like only the nicest stuff, obviously for queen Bay and, um, source the fabric for this really awesome jumpsuit that I helped him design. Um, obviously we made it really dramatic. My idea was to add like some silk color blocking cuffs. That was like back when color blocking was really cool. We added a cape. It was low cut. It was sexy. It was Beyonce. And we were like, well, we don't know where she's going to go in this because it could be for the fight. It could be for some other things, but she's going to look fabulous nonetheless. And she wore it to the fight, this red custom Harbison jumpsuit that I'm like, oh my gosh, I... I helped design that. Like <laughs> I helped make that. So um, that was one of my coolest moments working for Harbison for sure. We also made things for her sister Solange, um, which was also super cool. And she's really funky, which kind of captured the Harbison aesthetic really well too. So, uh, working with celebrity clients is really fun. We're actually kind of getting into some of that Farah. Um, and our first celebrity client um, piece will be premiering in January, we believe. So uh -huh. stay tuned. That's so exciting. And I can say <laughs> I knew her when. <laughs> when. I mean, it's, you know, it's just such an exciting thing to see somebody who's just like you, who's so passionate about what she does. And it's not just that you have talent and skill and that you have this these beautiful, unique, um, high-end luxury designs, but you're also committed to that mission and you're committed to um, really embodying your values as well in everything you do. Um, so I just, I can't wait to see when you're, you know, like just next there, up there next to Jason Wu and Christine Siriano and all of them, you know, the famous designers that everybody's talking about. Um, Leela Orr and all her zero waste <laughs> designs. I mean, I just, I can't wait to see it. Love it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Soon. I guess it will absolutely happen. We're just going to like speak that out there. We're just going to say it. It's going to happen for yes. you. Um, manifest well, it. Yes, manifest <laughs> that. Um, all right. Well, Leela, this is um, the point in the show where I get just to ask some fun get to know you questions. I mean, obviously we've been chatting and getting to know each other, but this is where we just, this is some lighthearted stuff um, where we get to really uh, just kind of dig a little deeper and, you know, learn some of the, maybe the lighter side of Leela. <laughs> yeah. So all, it's all work. It's all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, Leela, are you ready for the get to know you round? Yes. All right. Perfect. Um, question number one. Um, since we talked about um, our childhoods and making collages out of <laughs> on our composition books, um, what was your favorite TV show to watch growing up? Ooh, there were so many. The first one that came to mind was like, Hey Arnold. Yes! I love Nickelodeon. Yes! Oh my gosh. I think that's kind of anything New York. I was like, oh, I love it. Go figure. I lived there for like almost five years. So. Yes. 
Yes, loved Hey Arnold. Love Hey Arnold, yeah, and like all like Doug Rugrats. Yes, yes. I also I've always loved scary things. I liked Are You Afraid of the Dark? Do you oh, remember that? Mm-hmm. Goosebumps. Yes, Goosebumps. All of that. I loved spooky stories. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, ooh, 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 Ghost Rider. Did you watch Ghost Rider? No. What's that? Oh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider was like. Well, I don't know if it was like late 80s, early 90s, but that was the show where you had the kids who had the composition notebook and like they would solve um, mysteries, but Ghost Writer would like, you never saw Ghost Writer, um, but they would open up a composition notebook and like Ghost Writer would like write the clues and things inside. Oh my goodness. Yes. I, I, I was missing out. I mean, yeah. We love our composition notebooks. I know. All collaged and I know. Stuff. Yeah, I definitely was missing out on that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe there's, maybe there's, I, they probably don't have Ghostwriter on Netflix. Can't go binge go, Ghostwriter. Oh, man. Um, okay, question number two. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, um, guilty pleasure. Uh, I mean, I get, oh, well, it's kind of like everybody's. It's real basic, but I love chocolate. I'd hey. just like binge out on a lot of chocolate. I mean, also just binge, binge watching, just binging like a lot of chocolate and then Netflix. Yeah. That combination is epic. So. Ne- Netflix and chocolate. It's not Netflix and yes. chill. It's Netflix and chocolate. It's definitely Netflix and chocolate for me. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I kind of meant to ask this question earlier, but I think it fits in well here. What is something about being on a reality show that people might not know? Like, you know, we see obviously the edited version. Um, what's it like to be on a reality show? Like, what's something that just people would never know when you're watching a reality show? Mm, okay, well, I can't get into too many details about it, but I will say it's a lot longer than it looks. Like it's so much longer. <laughs> um, and I think um, I think I can say this: um, when you are getting judged from every judge, they don't always show all of the judges that judge you. But the great thing is, you actually you do get advice if you're on stage, top or bottom. You do get advice from every single judge, um, which is really cool. That um, is really so that amazing. was actually. Yeah, I really enjoyed that a lot. I felt like I learned a lot being there. I bet. I bet. Um, Well, this is kind of a good segue. Next question is, what would you do differently if you knew no one was judging you? (laughs) Ooh, if I knew no one was judging me. hmm, I don't know. I think I kind of did everything. I think that the question for me would probably be, I would have done things differently if I had more time. Um, cause with more time, I, I know my time, I, I know my limits and what I can do being zero waste within the time frame given. Um, cause I do, do make a lot of my samples myself. So if I had more time, I think I would have been a lot more ambitious in my designs. Um, but if I knew that no one was watching, I think I would have actually done exactly what I designed. I would have done exactly. Yeah. What I did. Um, if no one was judging, um, just because I thought like, you know, being in this competition, the best way to succeed is to be super authentic and just be yourself and see, you know, what comes out of that. And my favorite thing that I designed on the show is actually something that I didn't really think of before because me, I'm a planner. I'm like, okay, you know, maybe they're going to have this challenge and for this challenge, I'll do this. And, um, my favorite design was something that just came to me. It just like random spur of, like in the moment I didn't sketch it out before because we have 30 minutes to sketch I didn't even sketch it it turned to be something totally different it was just something that came from the heart and I was just like let me just put this out there and see what happens um and that was my elegance dress so 
yeah, I think I would have done the same exact thing. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then my last question, and this is a question I ask all my guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Ooh, um, it means that I am staying true to myself, um, staying true to my vision, and I'm not compromising to fit someone else's goals and industry standards. Um, I hold myself to a high standard. I am very passionate about the environment. And I don't think if I was, if I was not a zero waste fashion company, I don't think I would, you know, feel as good about my choices. It makes me feel good to know that I'm zero waste. It makes me feel good to know that I'm reducing the fashion industry's carbon footprint just by, you know, repurposing things. You know, it's not that hard. You know, we can be better and um, it feels good to, to be an eco-luxury designer. So, yeah. I could not love it more. Leela, you are amazing. (laughs) And I'm so excited to see you grow and Farah grow. And I hope you remember the little people when you're nice and famous. Uh, Oh my gosh, Molly, you're amazing. (laughs) Little people, no. (laughs) You really are so amazing and impressive. No, I'm so inspired by you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It was truly my pleasure. Um, You're just, like I said, you're just such an inspiration to me. And um, your designs are gorgeous. And, um, and, oh, and this is another thing that I wanted to just kind of mention is not only, obviously, do you make the designs and obviously you can you sell them through the website but you do a lot of custom work too not just for celebrities but for um for all types of people um you know women men uh and all sizes and so I just think that is also really incredible um in a world that um where we see a lot of kind of cookie cutter designs you know if you if you have something in your mind that you want designed like they can come to you and and you can kind of help bring that to life which I think is incredible Absolutely. I think that being size inclusive is super important. And also like just being open to collaborating with individuals is really cool. And it's like one of my favorite things about fashion. Um, I I work with a lot of custom brides actually. And a lot of people don't know that is um, so aside from producing our collections um, and we're just a small, we're small batch production, but um, Aside from that, we work with custom clients, especially brides. Um, and yes, we are size inclusive. So on our website, we have like small, medium, large, um, like two to 12. But then after that, I mean, it's also like even if you're a size double zero, but you have, you know, no one's a, a typical size two. No one's, you know, there's no perfect size. There's no, right. there, there really isn't. Everyone's measurements are so uniquely beautiful. So I love embracing that and making things custom. So anything that you see on our website, we also will do custom in-house for you. I mean, it takes a longer amount of time, but a lot of our customers don't mind that. It takes about to four to six weeks to make a custom piece, um, but we are happy to. So I think that is always my pleasure. And I, I think custom is where it's at because when you have something custom, made for you like tailor made mm-hmm. to fit I mean that's how clothes used to be and I'm kind of old yeah. school so I'm like I love a good fitting oh my gosh because whenever something is tailor made it's like that doesn't even look store-bought it looks really special so yes. I am happy to do that yes <laughs> I think that is absolutely incredible and um, that's now a, a new dream of mine is to have a custom Leela or piece. <laughs> 
I'd love to make a custom piece for you. That'd be awesome. Yes. Well, Leela. Well, I might be coming to North Carolina ooh, soon. Maybe yes. Maybe pop up there. Hey, so. that would be amazing. Hey, if you're in North Carolina, you just call me. We'll, we'll go out for tacos. Um, it'll be great. Um, amazing. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show, Leela. Thank you so much for having me, Molly. I'm so excited to chat. I would love to know something you loved about this episode. So let us know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Also, be sure to shop the Seiko Designs fall collection at SeikoDesigns.com slash Molly Stillman. That's S-S-E-K-O Designs.com slash Molly Stillman. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first time listener of the show, hello, be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible people who are changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button to never miss a new episode of the pod and while you're there would you leave a review of the show pretty police leaving a review really just helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you and it helps other people to know what the show's about as always the show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer john stillman with support from kelly dalton and the music is by mark killian of third wheel media thank you so much for listening now go do something good with purpose on purpose